neighbour's just driven off and the cat's in Sphinx pose with her back to me because she's not happy with her food. So that's probably as exciting as it's going to get this episode. Um, it is very quiet outside, I have to say, uh, and it's still cold. Uh, suddenly the temperature has dropped after a very warm period. Uh, I'm panicking about how much we've got heating on now. Welcome to episode 129 of Mr. Burt Pods. Well, I'm sipping coffee because uh, obviously we now have a coffee machine, which is very exciting. Uh, but other than that, um, it's not been that exciting a week, actually. I don't think. I can't remember. I got up this morning. I usually wake up quite miserable on a Monday, uh, just because it's Monday. Uh, and we have a new duvet cover, uh, which uh, I bought a while back, uh, but then just put on. And... Uh, yeah, it's funny how someone's little ears pricked up at that point. Just coincidence, I'm sure. And um, I have to say, it's getting very difficult getting out of bed now because this duvet cover is just so lovely. I got towels from the same company. I don't really like advertising, but they're such a good company. They're called Dip and Doze, and they just do bathroom and bed, bed linen and duvet covers and duvets and sheets and things and towels and what have you for the bathroom uh the reason i like them they're not the cheapest but they're completely organic and that everything is uh sourced because i didn't realize how damaging cotton is to the environment the making of cotton is to the environment and how many people suffer making it um so of course you end up paying money to help protect the environment uh which is the way of the world but um it's something I will spend a little bit of money on. So way back at the beginning of uh, lockdown, uh, we needed towels. So I've got two towels, which are still going strong. Uh, and so I thought we'd get duvet cover from the same company. Uh, and it is so lovely. It's really, and it's not the most expensive duvet cover on the market. My goodness, there's some expensive ones. Uh, but it's just really nice. And it's now very difficult to get out of bed. Uh, so uh, that's that. But no, I didn't. I actually felt fine this morning. Um, she's driving me mad at the moment. Um, she, I, I know I've made a rot for my own back with her with the food. She's gone from when she first got here on the on the what was it? It was basically nine o'clock, twelve o'clock, six o'clock, ten o'clock. Uh, you could set the clock by it. She'd arrive for her food and she did everything. She won't eat stuff now. She's an absolute picky so and so. Um, I've moved her accidentally off. Uh, connoisseur pearl gourmet uh, mini fillets in gravy uh, I accidentally got one in jelly that's gone down really badly uh, she didn't eat any of it last night the whole thing was ignored uh, and uh, she just gets in massive sulks now she doesn't get the food she wants I've never known anything like it with a cat so today I re I've realised I've just spoiled her and it's my own fault but I, I've spoiled her because she's ill I, don't, I was just panicking in the beginning when she got really ill and lost loads of weight that she wasn't eating properly and she was dehydrated as well. So, of course, I spoiled her <coughs> and now um, I've made a rod on my own back. So today I've decided to, she's not looking at the food. I've taken the bowl away uh, and given her the bowl back when uh, it's feeding time and that seems to have worked. I mean, sometimes she'll just uh, eat... Uh, a little bit really happily and then you put a bit more in for her and it's obviously poisonous uh, 
she gets fed quite a lot of poison, obviously. Uh, and then um, she'll sometimes only eat if you carry the bowl to her and put it right in front of her. Um, God, she's such an absolute madam. Um, anyway, she's a very loved cat. Uh, and in, I said actually last night, I said, I bet domestic cats think they have terrible lives. I bet they all do. I mean, in their heads, they probably do. It has to be said. Um, where was I? I've diverted and digressed. Uh, oh, yes, uh, yes, so the duvet is lovely. Uh, the cover is lovely, and I now find it very difficult to get to bed. However, having said that, I got out of bed quite easily this morning, which was a bit of a shock. I wasn't looking forward to going for a run because of the weather uh, temperature dropping. It was freezing last night. It was really cold yesterday. I was quite shocked how cold it was. And then uh, I did 20 minutes with Adrian yoga, which really isn't good enough. Uh, we did reset, which was basically no resetting at all. It was just a very, very fast flow uh, session, which made me feel as if I'd done a Jane Fonda aerobics burnout, to be honest. Uh, and then at the end, she said the breathing is the most important thing. And I, I just have no memory of breathing in the whole thing. I can't multitask at that speed. I cannot do flow and breathe at the same time. Uh, so that was that. And then, uh, then I did go for a run and that was fine. I decided I couldn't be bothered going up and down all the Ali Pali Hills. So I ran uh, around the wood, which is a bit flatter. And I went quite fast, actually. I was quite pleased. Uh, and it wasn't too cold. Although, I, I mean, to be honest, once you start running, you warm up anyway. Um, but the, the flat is quite cold, it has to be said. So today has uh, not been very exciting. I've realised I've really got to do some work. I've got to do some not work. I've got to do some writing because my writing has really, really drifted. Uh, uh, so before we go any further on this podcast, I'm going to have to start uh, doing some promotion. Um, one for me, one for a friend. I'll start with me. Uh, some of you know, I didn't tell enough people and I really should. I have now got, I started going to a writing group in when I was, the H club was still alive and kicking. Uh, they've moved, uh, but what they couldn't do while they were there is publish anything for some reasons. The H club didn't want them to, I don't know why. So anyway, the club they've now moved to, the union club, they can. Uh, so last year was it? I think they published an anthology of. Uh, they asked the group, anyone in the group who wanted to, to submit a story on three. Uh, yeah, there was a choice of three themes uh, or poetry. I uh, can't remember what the themes were. Anyway, I submitted was accepted. So I have a story in the writing salon anthology one, which is called uh, "Lips on Unfamiliar Skin." available on Amazon, unfortunately only on Amazon, uh, but that's in paperback and ebook uh, for $9.99, which I think is quite expensive, but it's sort of self-published, so there's not a lot we can do about that. Uh, and the rest of the story is very good, I have to say, and I'm not just saying that. Um, so the second anthology is out, which I've also got a story in, uh, and it's a bit longer, they've got more stories in it, more poetry, and it's called... 12 hours to Rio. I can't even remember. This is how bad I am at this stuff. I can't even remember what it's called. And it's called 12 hours to Del Mar. 12, yes, 12 hours to Del Mar. 
Uh, it's got quite a striking cover. Uh, again, it's only available on Amazon, but there is this time a hardback version, which has just come out today. So, um, uh, so obviously, I'm not going to be buying it for people for Christmas because that's I feel a bit self-indulgent. But uh, I will leave details of all this on the website, or if you want to get in touch with me, I can give you the details. Obviously, uh, I really need to be promoting it. I'll put it on all my um, uh, my my small amount of social media, and it's obviously is promoting the book because there's loads of people who've put stories in it, so it's not just promoting it for myself. Uh, the other thing is, uh, and I will again put it on the website or get in touch with me, uh, is a podcast done by my lovely, 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 dear, lovely friend, Sally Bailey, who is a writer. Uh, she started a podcast which you can hear on Podbean, uh, or I can pass on a link to anybody uh, that's in touch with me. And it's called uh, A Reading Life, A Writing Life. Um, I'm just going to read the blurb because that's better than me twiddling on. Uh, and I can't find the blurb. Where's the blurb gone? Bear with. Here we go. Acclaimed writer Sally Bailey, that's B-A-Y-L-E-Y. Acclaimed writer Sally Bailey lives on a narrowboat, surrounded by the sights and sounds of nature, sustained by reading and writing. In this series, she invites us into her life, showing us how books have the power to change your life. Sally has recently been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, but this is not a misery memoir podcast. She shows us how literature and connection to nature can console and give courage and insight. The series is produced by BAFTA and Emmy Award winning producer Andrew Smith. Uh, she gave me an edited shortened version of the first episode. It's absolutely beautiful, really lovely, and almost reduced me to tears in the middle of Muswell Hill Broadway. Mm. So um, please, please listen to that. Uh, I'll put it on the Mr. Burt uh, website. Sally's written two amazing books. Well, she's written lots of books, actually, but she's written two sort of very beautiful, strange memoirs. One called uh, Go With... Because oh, Go With a Pearl Earring. It's not called that. It's called Go With Dove, about her, uh, her life as a child and then her life as a teenager, uh, exploring her relationship with her missing, in inverted commas, father called uh, No Boys Play Here, which uh, is profoundly influenced by her love of Shakespeare as well. They are complicated, dreamlike, beautiful, strange uh, works of... Uh, they're just very unusual memoirs. Um, and there's a third one coming out this year, next year, uh, I believe. So, uh, anyway, Sally is a very, very dear friend of mine, and uh, I'm much more interested in pushing her work than my own, to be honest, but she'll get really cross with me for saying that. <laughs> um, so there we are. So that's all the advertising out of the way. Um, so this week, so that, yes, that was all today. Uh, uh, so I don't know what I've done this week, crash bang. I'm on the second to last week of the show. Uh, which is all well and good. I don't even know what. Oh, we're in December, aren't we? So, yes, I'd been to the vet, hadn't I, last? Yes, I'd been to the vet with her last Monday, so, yeah, she's fine. Um, I went to see her owner, well, her temporary foster owner, who we got her from, uh, on 
Okay, Wednesday or Thursday. So I was able to say that uh, Duffy, no reaction, uh, Duffy was doing very well. And uh, they, they did say they felt a bit guilty that uh, they'd given us a cat who ended up being ill. But I said, to be honest, uh, we'd have rather had Duffy than not had her. Uh, and she's doing fine, to be honest. We have had her since February. Uh, the vet was pleased with her. So uh, I didn't think we were going to have her for Christmas, but it looks like we will. So um, that's all lovely. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, and then lots and lots of cats. Um, how many 20-odd rescue cats, some of them in terrible conditions. Um, there was a lovely, lovely one-eyed cat who, uh, had we not got Duffy, I think would have come home with us, called Schofield. Not named after Philip Schofield, named after somebody else with the name Schofield. I can't remember. It's some some film star or something can't remember um he's just lovely so i like going to see him but what people do to animals is uh i mean what people do to each other is bad enough what they do to animals oh, it's just awful so um yeah uh then on friday uh i've had two evenings at home this week actually it's been quite nice because my job shower uh has been doing a little bit more uh and uh, in fact i turned up to my work my literal sitting working place on uh, whenever it was wednesday uh to find a half used nail file just lying uh on the desk in front of me so my co-worker obviously keeping themselves very busy um then friday uh we went to the Founding Museum, which I haven't been to since before lockdown. I used to work at the Founding Museum, for those of us who have only just joined the podcast. Uh, I'm a huge supporter of the Founding Museum. I think it's one of the most important museums in London. It's very small. It's near Russell Square. It does extraordinary work. Uh, it does work with artists and musicians and philanthropists, all sorts of people. Uh, it was set up by... Um, Corum, whose first name I can't remember, in the 18th century. Uh, mothers who couldn't look after their children brought their children to the Foundling Hospital, as it was then called, uh, and left a token, which could be anything, a little piece of material, a button, a coin, uh, anything, uh, to prove the child was theirs for when they came back to collect the child. And of course, the majority of children were never collected again. The Foundling Hospital only closed in the 50s, 60s, uh, there are still quite a lot of children who grew up in it, uh, still alive. But they do all sorts of, uh, they have a huge outreach with uh, locally in the community. Um, they do loads of events for children uh, and they have lots of concerts and talks. Um, it's an amazing, amazing place. It is profoundly moving to walk around it. Uh, and I used to uh, sell tickets basically for admission on Saturdays and uh, ho uh, help with the events uh, some evenings as well before theatre sort of took over my life again. So uh, I haven't been back for a long time and it was very emotional. They've changed quite a lot of the stuff around. They've got some lovely, they've got a lot of paintings uh, and they had a concert, a Baroque Christmas concert. Uh, William Hogarth, the painter, uh, and Handel, the music the composer, were both instrumental, pardon the pun, in the foundation with Quorum, uh, in the foundation of the Founding Hospital. And there is a, 
a very, very important collection of Handel's uh, things, including his will uh, on the top floor. So that's why there's such a big um, link creatively with them. Uh, and uh, that's why they've got so many paintings and they had a Baroque chamber. Or, no, there wasn't a quartet. There was more of them. There were five or six of them playing um, a selection of Baroque music connected with Christmas, which was really lovely, despite the fact we were so late. We missed the first three pieces of music, which I won't dwell on. Uh, but it was nice and actually made me feel quite Christmassy, uh, other than the fact that the man behind me kicked his glass of wine all over the back of my uh, shoe and sock and didn't apologise. Just saying. So, um, and then we went for a meal and found a rather strange but very nice Italian <laughs> Italian restaurant in uh, somewhere. Other side of, well, uh, between... Tottenham Court Road and uh, Russell Square, that fun little area. I don't know what it's called. Is it Bloomsbury? I think it's Bloomsbury. Um, and it was an Italian restaurant uh, that had quite a lot of uh, spelling mistakes in the Italian spelling in the menu, which made me a little bit suspicious. The food was delicious. It was really nice. And it was quite small. And the music was quite low, the background music. And uh, it wasn't loud. I mean, people were talking quite quietly. Uh, and not shouting each other with noise voices bouncing around hard surfaces. It was really nice. Um, uh, anyway, it turns out it's owned by a Turkish man uh, who, and I, this is a theory I've got, and I think it's probably uh, a viable theory. I think a lot of places, because of lockdown, I, maybe restaurant owners and what have you just got fed up like people in the theatre and doctors and everybody else and a lot of them retired and just gave up the business and I suspect this is exactly what happened with that it was an Italian restaurant uh, probably family run and they've given it up and uh, this Turkish uh, man and his brother have taken it over and just basically kept it uh, as an Italian menu and haven't changed the interior uh, I suspect this has happened quite a lot, actually. I've noticed it with other places we go to. Uh, it was really nice. It was really nice. Um, that was that was uh, quite a jolly pre-Christmassy evening. Uh, I'm not feeling Christmassy, despite the fact that uh, the theatre's got a lot of Christmas decorations up. I have to say the stage door's lovely. It's got a Christmas tree by it and there's all lights and uh, the stage door keeper's little... Um, I don't know what to call it. They sit in the tiniest room imaginable. Uh, it's covered in fairy lights and decorations. Uh, unfortunately, one of the stage door keepers is obsessed with Christmas jumpers and has about 15. Uh, I will be very Christmassy in a couple of weeks' time because the show is very Christmassy, that, the next show that I'm moving on to. Hello, that's three o'clock. Um, yeah, the coffee machine is fabulous. Uh, and if uh, it basically does a short coffee, a long coffee out of a capsule, it has a recycling, the simplest of little recycling gadgets you can imagine, because uh, there is no recycling for coffee pods apart from this, uh, which basically gets the coffee out of the pod so that you can recycle the aluminium pod itself. Uh, simplicity itself, why no one else has ever managed to do anything like this, I don't know, but they're really pushing the recycle this recycling thing it's basically just two pieces of plastic um so that's a very positive thing about it uh 50 quid the offer at hotel chocolat is being extended i think till the 10th of december if you want a which magazine best buy 
really simple, excellent coffee machine. Uh, small, doesn't take up much room. I'm so happy with it. Uh, for 50 quid, uh, get online or get down to Hotel Chocolat. I cannot rem- uh, recommend it enough uh, because it's 100 qu- It's 100 quid off. Uh, full price is £150. Uh, television. Now, oh yes. Now I'm on, I'm reading, absolutely loving. I'm going to go through this again because I can't remember the name of the book. How Long Since the Train's Been Gone by James Baldwin, uh, which I'm absolutely loving and I've now run out of time so I can't talk about it. Uh, but I'm really, really loving it and I'm going to have to read lots more James Baldwin. It's one of his later novels. Um, I'm listening to... The Spy and the Traitor, I managed to uh, mess up the title of that last week by Ben McIntyre, which I'm not that far into, but I'm enjoying enormously. Television, same old, same old. Sherwood, we're still getting through, which is fantastic. Uh, Extraordinary Attorney Wu, which I nearly didn't cry at. They're just just beautiful, some of the best things I've ever seen on television. Uh, And uh, US Ghosts, we're still going with, which isn't quite as subtle as the UK Ghosts, but uh, it's, it's fine. And um, Richard Osman's House of Games continues to keep me occupied every lunchtime. Uh, and Stanley Tucci, I think we're getting towards the end of that now, uh, which is really, really making me want to go to Italy. Uh, really making me want to go to Italy. Uh, that's all I can say. I've run out of time. Uh, I haven't seen a single person walk past and I haven't seen a single car go past. I think those days are gone now. Uh, so... Uh, so I hope everyone is uh, as well as they can be and um, thank you for listening.